Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning, everybody, and welcome into another episode of Hog Hoops Live. I'm your host, Curtis Wilkerson. You can find me alongside the squad, Trey Biddy, Danny West, and Andrew Ellis over at hogsports.com. A couple of those guys are a little under the weather right now. hope they get to feeling better soon. Good times keep rolling for the Razorbacks, though. Five wins in a row. Very much back in the March Madness conversation. A massive game coming in Bud Walton Arena on Saturday. We're going to talk about all that and more here today on Hog Hoops Live. All right, everybody. As always, want to remind you of all the ways that you can watch and listen. Uh, quick reminder, you know the drill. You can join us on Facebook Live. Be sure to give us a follow there. Also available on YouTube. Remember, Hog Hoops Live has its own separate YouTube channel. I want to make sure that you subscribe there. Uh, podcast listeners, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, same place you find Hog Sports Live with Trey Biddy every week. Razorbacks are rolling, folks. You know, two weeks ago before that Missouri game, Arkansas was 0-3 in league play, dead last in the SEC standings. I woke up and checked this morning. The Hogs have climbed all the way up to third place. 11 spots in two weeks. Only behind undefeated Auburn and just and, and one game back from Kentucky. You're getting ready to play both of those teams. That's exciting. This is what we were looking forward to coming into the season. That's what five wins in a row in January in league play will do for you. Things can change quickly. And, and while we were frustrated watching some of this, you know, we kept saying, hey, it's early. It's early. It's early. And this is why we said it. You know, Arkansas, I, I think, had a, a pretty tricky matchup last night, taking on, you know, an Ole Miss team who'd been struggling, but in my opinion, I think they're better than maybe their record indicated, just very inconsistent. They had lost four straight SEC games, but, you know, they, they went to overtime with Tennessee. They led Auburn at halftime, but then on the flip side, like, they, they had also gotten blown out by Missouri and, and Mississippi State recently. And then all that said, heck, 48 hours before Arkansas came to town, it the Rebels shot 74% from the field in the second half, and, and they ran Florida out of the gym. You know, so nothing's easy on the road in the SEC. And, and Oxford, I think that's kind of a weird place to play. Weren't a lot of fans there. You have to create your own energy. Uh, you know, Kermit Davis, he runs that 1-3-1 zone, which you think could be tricky at, against an Arkansas team that hasn't shot it particularly well from three. They, they only really have, I think, well, you know, one ball handler in the rotation at the moment. So, uh, hey, you know, I was a little nervous or apprehensive personally going into it. Honestly, though, uh, I thought the Hogs played really well. Picked up a 64-55 to road win. Listen, it definitely was not, you know, poetry in motion in terms of the flow of the game and, and pretty basketball. But, hey, 
win pretty, win ugly, win big, win small. Personally, I don't, I don't care as long as they get the job done, right? I think it felt like the Hogs were in control most of the night, led for more than 38 minutes, led the entire second half. Uh, wasn't really a lot of separation in the game. You know, I, I don't think the lead was ever more than seven, which is what it was at halftime, until Arkansas really put things away with with 13-0 run down the stretch, uh, fueled by defense and, imagine this, three-point shooting. So, hey, you know, at the end of the day, people can say, you know, oh, well, Arkansas did what it was supposed to do or not overly impressed with, with beating Ole Miss. It was a sloppy game, but Arkansas just did what a fellow bubble team in Florida did not do. It's a quad two win. You take a win any way you can get it on the road in SEC play. Good stuff. So how did it happen? You know, everything about this turnaround for Arkansas has started on the defensive end of the floor. This is now for the fifth game in a row. The Hogs have held an opponent under 40% shooting from the field and 31% from three. It's the first time in program history that the Hogs have won back-to-back SEC road games while holding opponents under 60 points. I mean, Arkansas is locking up right now. And, and I think the new lineup gives them a lot of length and a lot of versatility. It's, it's a good formula for success if you look at it. You have a high steals guard in J.D. Note kind of setting the tone up top. You've got your anchor in the paint in Jalen Williams. And then the other three guys in, in Trey Wade, Stanley Mude, and Aldis Tony, they're all similar in size and length. They can switch. They can guard multiple positions. This is a group that is physical. They keep teams away from the glass. Um, pretty good. You know, on the other end, I think it was interesting coming into the game, Arkansas led the SEC by a wide margin in free throws made and attempted, got to the line a total of zero times in the first half against Ole Miss. Only twice until really the final minute or two when Ole Miss had to foul, kind of in desperation mode. You look at the box score, it's interesting. You know, Arkansas lost second chance points. Lost the rebounding battle, points in the paint, bench points, shot less free throws. Those have all been critical areas for this team's success. But on Wednesday, we learned that you can also beat teams by out-shooting them. How about that? Arkansas shot 48% from the field last night. That's really good on the road. Really good. What I love to see, though, was that 8 of 18 mark from 3. That's 44.4%. That's good volume. And aside from a couple forced ones from JD, which you're just going to get that, right, at this point, there were good looks. And so I think it's a really good sign that this Arkansas team, you know, this last time we were on here, we spent so much time talking about the streak. The streak was snapped, right? But in the two games since, and I understand it's a small sample size, but Arkansas is 15 of 37, it's just a tick under 40%. They're shooting with more confidence, and Muss has always said that they shoot it well behind closed doors in, in the practice facility, but they're shooting with more confidence, and they're taking better shots. And I'll say it again, you know, this team doesn't have to shoot like the Golden State Warriors, but if they can start consistently getting six or seven makes per game, you know, 32% or higher, just average, it changes a lot of the dynamic moving forward and it opens up a lot for these guys. It opens up a lot for them in terms of driving lanes. 
you know, offensively you get you get 25 from JD Note on you know 10 of 23 shooting, four of 10 from three, five assists, five turnovers. It, it seems like a lot of shots. Probably you know too many giveaways there. I think you have to understand though with him right now, nobody is producing in the backcourt besides JD Note. Zero, none. He's gonna have the ball in his hands a ton. He's going to have to be the guy to create and, and even force it at times when he's surrounded by a bunch of forwards. That leads itself to a lot of shot attempts, probably more mistakes than you'd like to see. It's just kind of where Arkansas is at right now. And, and honestly, if you're going to take 23 shots, uh, making 10, I, I think that's fairly efficient. Um, you know, He made some big threes, including that. It was about a 30-footer right there at the buzzer before halftime that stole some momentum from Ole Miss. Uh, I thought he had the defenders on skates the whole game. I thought he played really well, agreed, cut down the turnovers a little bit. Uh, Jalen Williams, I, I mean, he's been sensational throughout this run. You know, before the season, I made five bold predictions, and I, I kind of look like a jackass for some of them, but calling Jay Will an all-SEC guy, that might be, you know, like my saving grace for saving face. If you think about it, I feel really good about that prediction. I'm not going to talk about the other ones right now. We'll save that for later. But, I mean, 18 points, 8 rebounds. His offense, I think, last night hit a new level because it wasn't all on dump-offs and free throws. He had a nice turnaround jumper in the post. Uh, drew a double down there one time. Had a really nice step through. Kind of split the defenders and, and laid it up off the glass. Hit a couple big threes. He's starting to shoot that thing with confidence. That's a game-changer for him. And then they had to respect it. And what happens? He shot fakes a guy out of his sneakers, drives it straight to the rim for a layup. Those are things that you love to see. His confidence is is soaring right now on the offensive end. And then defensively, you know, he's going against a talented, experienced seven-footer in Nysir Brooks. I thought he did a nice job of walling up on him, blocked his shot several times. He made it hard on him. Strong performance overall. Trey Wade, <laughs> I mean... You know, Uncle Trey, as they like to call him, he's just quietly been, I think, the catalyst for this turnaround for Arkansas. They couldn't take him off the floor at Ole Miss. He played all but 20 seconds of the game, uh, you know, did his thing defensively, and that's his calling card, right? Look, he's been challenged to rebound more. He went out and grabbed five. At Wichita State, he was a guy that was known as, uh, you know, a, a ball mover, a guy who didn't make a lot of mistakes. Well, last night he had, he had four assists and zero turnovers. Doesn't hunt his shot a ton, but he was a perfect 5 of 5 from the field. He hit two catch-and-shoot threes. and Listen, I know he's about, what, a 32% or so three-point shooter for his career. Not a lot of volume there, but it looks pretty effortless to me. So I, I don't think you can ask any more from him than what he gave you. Outside of those three? Eh. Listen, I think everybody contributed to the defensive effort. I mean, it has to be a team effort to play defense as well as Arkansas has, right? But, you know, leaning on that trio we just talked about, it that got it done at Ole Miss, but I do think Arkansas is going to need some more consistency out of some others, especially, you know, on the offensive end to keep things rolling. You know, looking at it here, Aldis Tony was okay, but he only had five shot attempts. I just don't know that that's enough for a guy who cuts and offensive rebounds as well as he does against the zone. But at the same time, he was really good defensively on, on Matthew Morrell, who's really been lighting it up for Ole Miss and SEC play. And Aldis has been a lot more involved lately. Probably a blip on the radar. 
I think kind of the same deal with Stanley Amude. You know, you'd think his mid-range game would play well against a 1-3-1 zone, picking his spots and knocking those down. He was held scoreless, 0-4, only played 19 minutes. Uh, you know, I think this team is obviously at its best when he's giving you, you know, at least around his average of 10 points a night. So I'll be anxious to see him shake back at home. He was really good against Texas A&M over the weekend. I'll never forget that dunk. He, he turned the lights out <laughs> in Bud Walton Arena, set the fireworks off prematurely. It was crazy. I think he'll be fine. But, you know, then you kind of get into the bench, and, and I think this is probably my number one, um, you know, concern or, or red flag or thing I'm watching right now in, term, in terms of this team's long-term potential and staying power, right? I mean, you had three guys – come off the bench last night. They combined for roughly 30 minutes. They gave you two points on three shot attempts, uh, four rebounds, three assists, three turnovers. The bench in the last two games, and listen, don't I'm, I'm nitpicking a little bit because you're winning, right? We know Musselman relies on his starters heavily, especially once he figures out who those guys need to be. But still, your bench has been outscored 59-12 to 12 in the last two games. And considering you have some proven guys like Adivo Davis – and Chris Likes coming off with that second unit, I think that needs to be a lot better. Especially when you're playing a lot of forwards. JD's your only real guard uh, in the starting lineup. you got to have some guys able to take some pressure off of him. And look, a guy like Devo's impacting the game in other ways. Uh, but he needs some help, JD does, in terms of ball handling, taking a little pressure off of him, and shouldering some of that scoring load in the backcourt. It'll be anxious to see, uh, you know, how that evolves, I think, over the course of the next couple weeks. But, I mean, regardless, Arkansas is really, I mean, they're in a solid position now, especially relative to where they were a couple weeks ago. 15-5 and five overall, 5-3 five and three in league play. As we mentioned, that has you in third place right now, tied with Tennessee. Up to number 48 in net, so you got back into that top 50. Five and three record in those quad one and two games with a lot of opportunities ahead. Those are the things that the selection committee looks at. And they're taking notice. You know, I, I really enjoy bracket matrix. I've talked about them a lot last year. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a really cool website, by the way. But it's a compilation of all the reputable bracketologists out there. They take an average of the 93 brackets that are out there, guys who know what they're doing. And so about 10 days ago, I checked on this, and, and Arkansas was listed in three of the 93 brackets. Well, I checked this morning, and, and a lot of them haven't been updated yet since that Ole Miss result, but the Hogs are now listed in 58. So they're making progress, and, and the metrics are looking better. Arkansas's up to 36 in Kinbaum, 32 in BPI, 38 in Torvik. So the eyes are starting to take notice of what Arkansas is doing, and the computer data is starting to back it up, that's what you want. That's exactly what you want right now if you're Arkansas. Would we like them to be, you know, top 15 or, or whatever they were predicted to be in the preseason and not be thinking about the bubble and, and everything like that here in late January? Yeah, that would be ideal. But, uh, man, given the struggles that they were having recently, uh, to be in this spot right now, it's, I mean, it's pretty impressive. Which leads us to this massive opportunity over the weekend. So Arkansas now gets to step outside of league play 
and host West Virginia in this SEC Big 12 Challenge. And, and listen, I love this event. I love that it's in late January. And, and Muss has said many times before, this is huge for both leagues because come Selection Sunday, the committee is going to look back at the results from this weekend, and that's going to factor in on who gets that extra at large bid or who gets placed on the higher seed line because it's about as good of a direct measure as you can get in regards to strength of conference. <clears throat> and so you got West Virginia coming in here. That's pretty exciting. You know, very capable, tough, physical, hard-nosed squad. We know this is the case with any Bob Huggins squad, right? Press Virginia. There's a reason that's their nickname. They're struggling at the moment. So while Arkansas is trending upwards with five wins in a row, West Virginia has dropped four straight. They were 13-2. and two. They're 13-6 and six now overall. So they've definitely fallen from lock, if we're talking about NCAA tournament, down to bubble status. You're starting to hear Huggins. He's questioning his rotations. You know, should I get some more young guys in there? They're nosediving a bit in the Big 12. So I think what that means is we're going to see a, a desperate team coming into Fayetteville with its backs against the wall on Saturday. And that can mean one of two things. I mean, either they're going to fold up or they're going to play with a newfound sense of urgency. And, and I think it's probably going to be the latter, given the way Bob Huggins is typically able to get his teams to respond. But we'll see. I think it's a great matchup. They've got a terrific score on the wing in Taz Sherman. Uh, a knockdown shooter, senior in Sean McNeil. Jalen Bridges is a guy to be aware of, a, a tough matchup at the four. And they're kind of anchored to a degree defensively by former Razorback Gabe Osaboyan. You guys remember him, good old Gabe O. Blocked me on Twitter, I still don't know why. Happened a couple years ago. Oh well. I do think it's also important to note that, you know, yeah, West Virginia's lost four straight, but you look at it, it's come to Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, and then most recently the same Oklahoma team that pounded Arkansas. So it's not like they've been losing to chumps. You know, defensively, they're going to be super aggressive, force a lot of turnovers. The struggles lately really for them have been on the offensive end, averaging about 63 points. Uh, over the course of those four losses. But, again, massive opportunity. It could be another quad two for Arkansas. Uh, will give a nice boost to that non-conference resume. And, and I think it would be enough to get the Hogs back in that receiving votes category when we're talking about the AP poll, the coaches' top 25 next week. And, you know, sometimes you take those things with a grain of salt, but it does matter because once you get in there, there's more eyes on you. People are more aware of what you have going on. So you you want to be in those polls somewhere. You want to be in the bracketology now. There's a lot of basketball to be played, sure. But those things do matter when it comes to the eye test. You want to be visible. And after that, you got a road trip to Georgia, which, I mean, you probably thought that was about the most favorable road trip you could have until they beat Alabama in there the other day. SEC's weird. Saw Auburn go to Missouri and... They were very fortunate to get out of there with a win. Things get tricky on the road. And then the and then the following weekend for Arkansas, they got another revenge opportunity against Mississippi State. That's going to be a big game as well. <clears throat> okay. And we do have a press conference today shortly with, with Eric Musselman, so I am going to jump into some questions here. 
have a handful from the Razor's Edge message boards. Look like we got a good amount in the chat too. So I want to get to those early. That way I can can get to everybody's before I got to go here. First one up, Zay Beeler. Z Beeler, excuse me, asks, can this team make the Sweet 16? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Well, I think the first thing with that is you have to determine, can this team make the NCAA tournament? And they absolutely can. And they're in position to do that now. It's going to, you know, they're going to need to have a pretty decent February. But, you know, once you get in, it's all about matchups. And and so, you know, are, are they capable with the defense that they play? You know, a guy like J.D. Note gets hot. Can they win a couple games there? Yeah, if they've got a favorable matchup to do so. Uh, but you got to get in there first, right? And and so thinking about this team right now where they're at, kind of near that cut line, maybe more on the right side of the bubble than, than on the outside looking in at this point. But you look at things – you know, like like this year, I, I think that 20-win marker in the regular season is important. And I think if you get over 500 in SEC play, as strong as the league is this year, I think that puts you in pretty good position. So you need to be 10-8. and eight. So that tells me, you know, five more SEC wins here puts you in a pretty good spot. And then especially if you get this one this weekend over West Virginia, I think Arkansas is looking pretty good then. It's not going to be easy. But if you take care of business in a couple of these road games, you look at a Georgia and a Missouri, they've proven capable at home, but these are games that you should win if you're a tournament team, right? And you got some tough ones coming, but you got a lot of them at home too. If Missouri can nearly beat Auburn at their place, imagine what Arkansas could do in front of 20,000 in Bud Walton Arena. That matters. Kentucky coming in. Tennessee, you play them twice, they look certainly beatable. Florida's been struggling, but I, I don't remember the last time Arkansas has won there. But uh, and, and Alabama, I mean, they're thirteen and seven right now, struggling on the defensive end of the floor. So you know, Arkansas's got opportunities here. It's not going to be easy. They're going to have to continue getting better, work on some things. But I think they can get there. And then once you get there, all bets are off. <laughs> Scoopy Maboopy 
asked, do you think likes can turn around? I would hate to see a successful Power 5 player's college career end like this. I sure hope so. Uh, you know, I, I kind of feel bad for Chris. And, you know, I, I think everybody knew coming into it that, uh, you know, it could be some difficulties on the defensive end. You know, smaller guy, 5'7". Um, but offensively, he's just so proven as a scorer. Over 1,200 points in, in the ACC. Uh, you don't do that unless you can play. You're not named to the Naismith Award watch list if you can't play. And so I think he's struggling with, with trying to find his role and, and find his way with this team right now. Confidence probably a little bit down. But I hope he can figure it out because if he can, he's a guy who can take some pressure off Note in that point guard role. He's a guy that can help stretch the floor from three if he improves his shot selection. Uh, so I, I, I hope that he gets another opportunity here soon and can take advantage of it. I do. <clears throat> had a few questions come in about Devo, you know, why the regression or, or the slump. And and honestly, um, you know, for the most part, Devo's done a, a nice job since he's been coming off the bench of impacting the game in other ways, uh, whether it's rebounding, dishing out some assists, uh, defensively being disruptive in there, although Musselman has challenged him to make some improvements to that regard. But... Uh, you know, scoring-wise, in the last four games, he's averaged four and a half points. He's shooting 29% from the field. And, and you can impact the game in other ways, but Arkansas needs more from him as a scorer and then just as a ball handler and being a little bit more under control, a little tighter with the handle, <clears throat> you know, eliminate some of those careless turnovers. Uh, you never know what's what's going on with the guy. You know, if he's maybe if he's not 100%, I don't know. Um confidence I don't know but we've certainly seen a higher level of play from Devo uh, in the past and even this season and I think if he gets back to that that could be something that helps elevate this team take them to the next level right because they're not a finished product yet I think that could help and then you know with these Devo and Chris questions have come you know people asking about uh, you know do they mix it up in the bench do they expand the rotation what about KK and Jackson Robinson, those guys getting a look? You know, any of those things could happen. When I think about Musselman, um, you know, maybe right now it's kind of one of those if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of deals. I know that's risky because you're, you're steadily trying to make improvements, but you're also on a five-game winning streak. Things are kind of clicking. seems like chemistry is good, trending in the right direction. You might try to mix some guys in there a little bit, but I don't think anything drastic would happen unless they start losing games again. I think right now, the big thing you want to do is is get a guy like a Devo or a Chris really going and contributing to the cause and see if that can take you to the next level. And you have, you have the opportunity to experiment with that right now without impacting that chemistry while you're playing well and winning. And, and hey, as long as the guys are still playing defense at a high level, they're going to keep winning games and, and or at the very least being in ball games. Bellboy501 asks if the Louisville job being open makes me nervous about keeping Muss long term. Is there a possibility where he would turn down, say, a UCLA to stay here? Um, <clears throat> for those who aren't aware, Chris Mack was, was let go at Louisville. I guess it was yesterday. It's it's kind of been boiling over here for the last week or so. Um, so that that's obviously a very high-profile job. You take a look at the short list, and most of them I've seen have included Eric Musselman. Now, 
I'd be highly surprised if Eric Musselman left Arkansas to go to Louisville. I think he's in a better situation in Arkansas. Um, I don't think they could pay him enough money to get him. He's got a great recruiting class coming in. He's happy here. Um, and I, and quite frankly, I think Louisville would go in a different direction before it got down the list far enough for Musselman. not saying he's not qualified for that job, but I think they're more logical fits, guys with connections, things like that. But what a lot of people have been concerned about is one of the other guys high on that priority list probably for Louisville is Mick Cronin at UCLA. Now, the, the question becomes then, could they pry Mick Cronin away, which would open that UCLA job? And, and I think people have always kind of operated under the, the impression that if Muscle's ever to leave Arkansas, he'd probably want to go back out west to California. UCLA is about as high profile of a job as there is out there. So, um, listen, UCLA was open at the same time Arkansas was, and, and I don't know if there was ever anything really there in terms of interest um, with them on Musselman's end. Obviously, he wound up with the Hogs. Uh, you know, maybe he would listen, but I just think he's got such a good situation right now. I mean, you got two McDonald's All-Americans coming in, the number two recruiting class, doing well in the transfer portal. Uh, you got fan support. I, I, I think it would take, you know, a hell of an offer and a hell of a situation for him to leave. And it would almost have to be to the point of, you know, we couldn't even be mad about it <laughs> because he's taking a sweet deal. But um, I, I do think there's something to be said for the structure of his his renegotiated contract where that buyout drops significantly at the end of this year. And, and it's more navigable for people who might want to poach him away to pay. I think it drops down from, what was it, like $7.5 million to 2500000 So it's at least something to keep an eye on, but that's a lot of hypothetical. A lot of things have to happen. Mick Cronin would have to get the Louisville job before we could even think about that. So um, wouldn't worry about it too much. And, and even if that situation did play out, uh, again, Arkansas is a great job. It's a great situation. It's unique. Musselman knows that. So he's not just going to leave for anybody. Knopf93 asks what the next step is for this team. I think getting more from the backcourt and bench. It, I agree. Uh, kind of talked about that, but I do think it's important. If you're going to play seven guys, you want to be able to, to get them going. I, and I think when your starting lineup is as defensive-oriented as it is, you want some scoring pop, you know, kind of a new look off the bench, and you should have that with a guy like Devo and, and Chris Likes coming in. And I think Kamani Johnson is going to play uh, even more of a role with his his energy and physicality. I just love it. I love what he brings to the table off the bench. Uh, probably not quite a hundred percent yet, but he he played what eight nine minutes against Ole Miss. I, I thought he looked pretty good. I think he can definitely help take some pressure off of a Jalen Williams in there. <clears throat> West Fork Pork asks, where we stand in our quest for a true point guard in the 2023 class? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of people have looked at the point guard situation this year and wondered, you know, what, what exactly is going on there. And then with 2022, we'll see what Arkansas does in the transfer portal. If, if that's high up on their priority list, I think there might be some other things that they prioritize. Uh, but you also have a guy like a Nick Smith coming in who's going to have the ball in his hands a lot creator, you know, so, so is the onus of having a true point guard going to be as high with, with a guy like him coming in? Probably not. I think you're going to be okay there. 
but then moving forward to 2023, because if you look at Nick Smith right now, he's projected as the number three overall draft pick, lottery pick. Um, and he's going to be a special player for the Razorbacks. So what do you do for 2023? Um, and yeah, Arkansas is on some point guards. I think the first guy you think of is Layden Blocker. Um, 6'2". He was a Little Rock Christian guy, transferred to Sunrise Christian in uh, in Kansas, Wichita, I think it is. Uh, really doing a great job there. That's the number one team in the country, and he's been an important piece for him. Arkansas very much in the mix there. Baylor, probably a team to keep an eye on. I think he's going to the Kansas-Kentucky game this weekend on an unofficial. <clears throat> and then another guy uh, just over in Norman, Norman North. Oklahoma, Jeremiah Johnson. This is a four-star guy, top 40 prospect, uh, point guard who can do a lot of things. He can distribute. He can shoot it. This is a kid who's been on campus before. Uh, he came and, and watched Arkansas play in Tulsa, and he's coming again for the West Virginia game this weekend. So when you start stacking up visits like that, uh, that's usually a pretty good sign. So we'll be anxious to see what he has to say after the weekend. <clears throat> he also asked if Muss will find three uh, guys 6'11 or taller for the front court. Uh, yeah, I mean, why not? <laughs> why not? We had we've had a few questions about the uh, the front court guys. You know, it, I think that they're probably going to make an addition there through the transfer portal this summer. Obviously, that that high school class is pretty wing and, and guard heavy. Jordan Walsh can play the four for you at six seven, super athletic. But yeah, you probably want to get a little bigger. Um, longer, more athletic in there to, to complement Jalen Williams. So I think they'll look to make an addition there. And, and, hey, we've also had questions like Maximus Nine here asked about Jalen Williams' NBA draft prospects. And then if we're on any prospects in 2023 to replace him. So, I, I look, Jay Will does a lot of things that make scouts salivate. I think he'd benefit from another year, uh, getting a little more explosive, developing his offensive game a little bit more, but you never know. Because his passing ability, some of the things he can do on the defensive end, and, and now he's proven that he can really stretch the floor as a shooter, put it on the deck a little bit. I mean, he, he's going to make some money playing ball. The question is when. But you never know. And, and listen, though, as far as 2023 is concerned, Arkansas is going pretty heavy on front court options. I mean, I, I think it starts probably uh, with with five-star 6'11 Bayfall. And his 6'10 teammate is Sane Diop. Those are two guys out of Denver Prep. Arkansas has been heavy on them. Michael Musselman was out to watch him recently. Um, you got another five-star 6'8 guy in Omaha, Bilyeu. Uh, teammates with Jordan Walsh at Link Academy. He's indicated he wants to take a visit at some point. I mean, you got a 6'8 four-star in Osiris Grady, 6'9 in Brandon Garrison. These are two guys who have already visited campus already. So there's definitely going to be some options. All right, let me hop over to this chat here. Scroll up and see what we got. <clears throat> Zachary Hall says, "Sup, Curtis? What's up, man? How's that weather going to be? We're going to get some snow or what?" Josh Wilbank says, "Hey, Curtis. Hey, thanks for tuning in." Michelle Ravis says, "How about them hogs? To think how much we were doubting a few weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, it got difficult. I, I'm usually pretty." A pretty optimistic guy, um, especially when I'm addressing you folks when it comes to what this team is is capable of. But there came a point there, especially after that Vanderbilt loss. I've told people on the message boards, after that Vandy loss, it almost broke me. Uh, 
Uh, and I was very much in wait and see mode at that point, but they've really turned it around. And again, they still got some things to work on and, and improvements that can be made, but you got to feel a heck of a lot better about it for sure. Adrian Jones says, I always believed in the hogs, knew they would turn things around. Yeah, I don't think any of us should have doubted Musselman. It's what they do. It, it It's kind of a weird pattern. They hit a rut, you know, sometime in early January, late December, whatever, and they usually dig themselves out of it and start playing some really good basketball by the end of the season. Josh Wilbank says, Musk must have been mad at him. I'm sure he was <laughs> for a while there. But, you know, he talked about it last night, and and he's talked about it before. Even in those struggles and some of those early SEC losses, they probably felt a little bit more confident that they were close to turning the corner than a lot of us felt. I think they were seeing some encouraging signs, but they, they never wavered, and they continued to kind of tweak the rotation and the lineups until they found something that worked. And, uh, and now they're capitalizing on it. <clears throat> Josh also says Note is on a roll. Yeah, he he really is. Um, I think there's a really good chance that he winds up leading the SEC in scoring. I mean, I think that's going to make him a first-team All-SEC guy, especially if he continues to get steals at the rate he has. Uh, you'd like to see him, you know, shoot it a little bit better from three. But he's coming around. I mean, hey, 4-10 last night, that's, that's 40%. That's not bad. But, yeah, he's uh, he's really – really just absolutely critical to this team. If you look at the plus minus for the overall season, I, I need to update that with a story soon, but his plus minus rating is ridiculously higher than anyone else's. And he's played in, in one fewer game than a lot of these guys, his value. Um, it's incredible. Even when he's not playing that well or, or super efficient, Arkansas is just a better team when he's on the floor. No doubt. Jordan Warford says, hey, Curtis is a, a Hog fan in Louisville, Kentucky, and with Chris Mack. Now out here I heard Coach Muss have his name mentioned with the job along with several other coaches. Um, what are the thoughts even though it's early? Yeah, I kind of talked about that. Um, listen, I don't I don't know. <laughs> you know I, I haven't had a personal conversation with Eric Musselman about how he views the Louisville job, but I, I don't I'm not too worried about that right now, personally. Antonio T. Dixon Sr. says, with the recruiting class coming that we have coming, I can't see him going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, you know, we know Musselman can do quick rebuilds and, and load rosters through the transfer portal and stuff like that, but they sure put in a lot of work uh, to, <laughs> to nail down this recruiting class to not see it through. I, and, I, and that's absolutely a factor. It absolutely is. Jason L. Downing says it was ugly at times, but this team just finds a way to win. They do. They sure do. The the one constant, I think, through this five-game winning streak has been defense. We talked about some of those numbers. It's been it's been ridiculous. Especially if you think about how bad they were for a while. Remember that defense against Oklahoma and Hofstra, that stretch? They were struggling, to say the least. Wide open spaces, couldn't defend the three disconnected it was rough they have come a long way since then for sure to the point where i mean they're they're one of the better defensive teams uh in the league and like we talked about earlier that travels sometimes you're going to go on the road and shots aren't going to fall and and you know backgrounds and backdrops are going to be different whatever can be sloppy offensively but 
a lot of defense is about effort. And that can carry with you. Isaac Riley says, Woo Pig Suey, glad I could stop by for the show. I appreciate it. Thanks for hopping on. Adrian Jones says, Need more from Chris Likes and Devo Davis. Yeah, we talked about it. I agree. Need to get them going. Bobby Brown Jr. says, Need more of a detailed answer why KK is not playing long term just to see what he might can do for 20 minutes and not three minutes. Well, yeah, I think right now it's. You know, as this thing has turned around for Arkansas, it's been with a different lineup and, and quite frankly, a, a rotation that hasn't included him. So I think you got to be careful about, you know, trying to mix things up and, uh, you know, tinker too much when you have a formula that works. Kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Now, look, do I think that KK could could maybe give you more right now than, than what you're getting from some of the other guards? Um yeah, maybe so. We haven't seen it yet, and, and and maybe that's because he hasn't had the opportunity. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I think with the way the chemistry is going right now and with the way these guys are clicking, uh, kind of like I said, I, I you know, maybe you pick your spots here and there, but I don't know that I'd be tweaking too much unless things start to take a turn in the other direction, personally. But you never know. And I think the, the biggest thing for him right now, him and anybody, you know, Jackson Robinson was playing a ton starting for a while there and and his role is kind of diminished so you got to look at it and it, you know it, on one token you can be upset and and obviously everybody wants to play uh, but you have to continue to work and improve and be ready and, and focused and locked in when your number is called because you never know if, if all of a sudden muscleman decides he needs a different look or one guy turns an ankle or whatever one of those guys is going to have to step up so i i hope they're continuing to work hard and and stay ready and i'm sure they are Corey Loveless says, can we still get Anthony Black? <clears throat> I'd, I'd say probably a better chance he winds up at, you know, in Oklahoma State or Gonzaga, or even the G League. Uh, but, you know, you never know. We saw this this whole NIL situation that, that played out yesterday with the Hunt family creating this foundation. And, um, you know, you can't really get into the details of, of what they would, you know, be able to offer recruits and things like that. And I think that's what people don't necessarily understand about this is, um, you know, they, they can't actively do that. But uh, when you see, a you know, that type of money that could potentially be thrown around, maybe in Arkansas becomes a more attractive destination where you go, man, I could wind up there and, you know, get myself set up to be really taken care of. Does that factor in for him? I don't know. But I think right now probably a, a lean elsewhere. We'll see. He was named McDonald's All-American too. I wouldn't be surprised if he tried to announce at the game. Joey Moses says, hey, buddy, great show. Appreciate that. Thanks for tuning in. Bobby Brown Jr. says, it's hard to ask Devo or anybody to come off the bench and have an impact on the game when they play 20 minutes one game and five the next. Well, I mean, I think you could could look at that the other way and, and say if, if you came in and were making an impact on the game, you'd play more than five minutes. And there's been some times throughout this stretch here where, where Devo hasn't done a lot, maybe offensively in terms of scoring, but he's played 30-plus minutes because he's defending, rebounding, dropping assists, things like that. 
But I, I think, you know, in some of these games where, you know, he or, or maybe Chris hasn't played as much, you can kind of tell right away that they just don't have it on that given night. So consistency. I think consistent play would yield more consistent playing time. I get what you're saying, though. Coming off the bench ain't for everybody. It's tough. I think that's what made a guy like JD so unique last year, and, and we were kind of spoiled with it with how he was able to do that. And and honestly, Chris Likes was really good with it early in the season, but obviously it's kind of dipped off a little bit here lately. Isaac Riley says, this team is the definition of cardiac hogs. Coach Muss always seems to have an awesome game plan, though. He does. I mean, he makes adjustments with the best of them. And, uh, you know, that, that talk about cardiac hogs, that Texas A&M game, we didn't really talk about it a lot, but that was wild. Uh, just a ton of back and forth there. Um, and I think it's worth noting, you know, that you know we've talked a lot about Devo and, and Chris and, you know, can those guys give you more of a spark off the bench? Well, you know, J.D. Note fouls out there with a minute left in regulation, and that puts a lot on, on Devo and Chris. And, and listen, they made some mistakes there down the stretch and in overtime, missed some free throws, whatever. But, uh, hey, Chris had a huge drop-off, Jalen Williams for a dunk key moment there. Devo had that big and one in overtime. Those guys made some plays, and, and Arkansas wouldn't have been able to win that game without him there down the stretch. Zach Hall says, Curtis, do you think this team has a really high ceiling if Devo and Amude really take their game to the next level? Yes, I do. Um, you know, if, if Stanley can find that balance, you know, he's had some of those really big scoring nights, and he's had games where he doesn't score as much, but he's been a lot better as a defender and a rebounder. I think if he finds that balance there and consistency, that'll be big for this team. And then, yeah, I mean, if, if you can get Devo back to even what he was just a few weeks ago, um, I think you're going to be in a really good spot there. And, and there are ebbs and flows to every season. You know, guys have stretches where they're unconscious in terms of how well they're playing and, and times where they're really struggling. Um, you know, Devo seems to me like the kind of guy that's going to be able to bounce back here at some point. <clears throat> and yeah, definitely. If he does, I think this helps Arkansas tremendously. Joey Moses says, how can LSU, Texas A&M, Tennessee all lose like the Hogs and still stay in the top 25? Um, Hogs lose one or two and then drop off the face of the earth. Yeah, you know, um, I think some of that is is probably their non-conference schedule early. Um, some of the competition, you know, LSU has lost four in a row or they had lost four in a row, whatever it was, before last night. Um, those were the good teams. They've also had some injuries. Kind of surprised they are still as high as they are. Um, you know, Texas A&M, I think they're going to take a pretty steep drop here now. Uh, Tennessee, they've been an interesting team. They're kind of like West Virginia where, you know, they had a run of losses there. But, man, they've been, they've been playing a bunch of ranked teams. So... I get it to a degree. I think, you know, at the end of the day with Arkansas, that Hofstra loss um, and then that loss to Vanderbilt, that 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 hurts and that's a black eye. And when you lose five of six and, and when you're also not passing the eye test or playing top quality competition, I think that really just kind of, it had Arkansas written off uh, by a lot of people for a while there. So it takes a time to kind of rebuild that reputation. I think they're doing that now. And it's a lot harder I think to get back in the conversation and get ranked than it is to be ranked and stay there even when you're struggling. And especially I think as the season progresses and gets further along early on, a lot of those are just 
shots in the dark. Like what did the team do last year and, and what does their roster look like coming into this season? Let's just let's plug them into a spot. And then as you start to get data, that changes. But I think as the year progresses, it's harder to get in than it is to stay in. And Joey says, lastly, Vanover, what happened to this guy? Uh, a lot has been said, but seems like Muss has a short rope on him, unlike other players on this team. Seems now the kid is scared to death when coming off the court or coming onto the court. Um, you know, I think with, with Connor, uh, you know, right now what this team is really relied on is defense and guys being switchable and versatile. Uh, and, and that's that's not necessarily for him. You know, if he's in a situation where He's playing, and, and Arkansas also, offensively, they're the 14th fastest tempo team in the country. So it's not a great fit for him right now in terms of the system. You know, if this is a team that ran a lot of zone defense or, or had him in a position where he could be parked in the paint, block some shots, alter some shots, um, and then maybe a little bit more deliberate on the offensive end, I think you could see more of him. And I hope he gets another opportunity. And, and, you know, it's tough. He hadn't played for a while. He got in against Texas A&M, had a really rough stretch there of, of what, a minute or two. Um, he's another guy, though, that, that has experience, and he's just one that's got to remain ready if his number gets called because you never know. But right now I think it's more about, you know, his position. Jalen Williams has just been lights out. He's going to play a ton of minutes. And then, you know, Kamani Johnson emerging, giving you some energy and, and physicality kind of fits the mold of what's what's clicking for this group right now. It doesn't mean Connor can't get there at some point, but right now I, I think the other guys are probably just a little bit better of a fit. Adrian Jones says, J.D. Note is a senior, but can he come back next year? I, I do think he is eligible for another season with that extra COVID year. I think he's also like 23 years old, so I, I would – I'm kind of operating under the assumption that he's going to start his professional career. If he comes back, wow, you got another five-star recruit. But I, I would, I would think, uh, especially with the type of season he's having, he's going to have an opportunity to make some money. Hog tunes, the best. Hello, Curtis. Thanks for your insight. Uh, do you think the hogs have completely gelled? Hope you rolled off here. Do you think the hogs have completely gelled? And if not, what component is needed? Um, well, I think they're definitely they've definitely come together in in terms of chemistry and continuity on both ends of the floor. Uh, the defense has been has been tremendous, and I think if they continue to do that and rebound at a high level, they're going to be in a good spot. I like what they're doing offensively in terms of moving the ball, sharing the basketball. Uh, the off ball movement is is becoming a little bit more consistent and better. Guys are getting a feel for each other. And, you know, what, what spot is this guy going to get in that where I know he can get a bucket? You know, what, is, what is my teammate's tendency, tendencies? You know, where, where can I find him? All those things are starting to improve a lot. I do think there's room for growth offensively, and I think it starts with getting a little bit better um, in terms of consistent ball handling and having multiple ball handlers capable. Uh, I think they're taking steps in the right direction in terms of shot selection from three and shooting a little bit better there. So, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, maintaining things defensively, but continuing to get a little bit more uh, efficient offensively, limiting some of those turnovers. Uh, the assists have crept up, which is good to see. Uh, but I, I think that's kind of what could take them the next step or up to the next level. Joey Moses, obvious question. Seems Musk has worked with Pittman and gave him pointers on the transfer portal. Listen, 
we might be to the point now where Sam Pittman needs to be given must the pointers on the portal. I mean, Arkansas football has done a fantastic job here during transfer season, and they had to. Uh, you know, I, I think you, you had too much coming back, uh, especially you think about, you know, with what you have on the offensive line, that stable of running backs, K.J. Jefferson. You find out that you get a Catalan back and a bumper pool. Like, you have all these pieces, but they're still, you know, gaps that need to be filled. I think they've just done a great job with that right now. Still got some work to do, I think, on the defensive line, especially on the interior. Um, it's tough to replace a John Ridgeway or even what a guy like Markel Utzi gave you, but man, they've done a hell of a job so far. I, I think that you're going to see another rush of guys hitting the portal probably after spring. That's usually what happens, right? Get some spring practices in, kind of see where you're at on the depth chart, um, and there's going to be some more guys available. And, and I think last year, didn't Arkansas get all three of those starting defensive linemen after spring. I think that's true. So a couple more spots to add there. But, yeah, some of these guys are, are big-time players that they're bringing in. Breeny from Georgia. I mean, this dude started 11 games from one of the best defenses in college football history. Drew Sanders, guy with big-time experience at Alabama. You're bringing in winners. A couple guys from LSU. Hey, LSU takes a couple from you, take a couple from them, right? And then, you know, Hazelwood from – from Oklahoma at receiver, uh, listen, I don't know that anyone could replace Traylon Burks, but to bring in a guy of that caliber with that type of production from a good program, a good offensive system, I mean, I, just, I feel like I feel like Pittman's hitting a home run right now for sure. Justin Starn says ball control with Devo and Williams when penetrating the basket uh, needs improvements. True, it's true. Some of those guys could definitely benefit from just a little, little bit of a tighter handle in there. Some of those live ball turnovers from over-dribbling, things like that. that that's, those are the little things that Arkansas needs to cut out. It has gotten better the last couple games. It has. Justin Starnes also says uh, Wade's game is definitely pro-like with that mid-range. Man, he's, I, I, love, <laughs> I love Trey Wade. You know, he just goes about his business as a, a guy that you know people listen to. Got a little bit of that old man game to him. You know, he'll eye you up, shot fake, jab step, pull up a jumper. I, I just I, I really like the way he plays. He doesn't force the issue. Lets it come to him. Arkansas needed a guy like that in the lineup. I think it's paid dividends. He's another guy we get to talk to here shortly, which I'm excited for. All right. Okay, well, I think that'll wrap us up for the day. Like I said, we we do get a chance to talk to Muss here shortly. Actually, uh, listen, Arkansas and West Virginia on Saturday at one o'clock ESPN two uh, should be, in in my opinion, the best atmosphere of the season. It's a big one for the Hogs. We'll be back after the Georgia game next week. Hopefully, talking about another pair of Razorback wins. Really appreciate everybody today hopping in the chat, supporting the show. Um, always thankful for that. Love you guys. Um, Hey, we'll see you next week on Hawk Hoops Live. Been a blast as always. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.